Hey everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. You're tuning in to Adrenaline Plus. I'm your host, Adrian Gonzalez. Episode 10, here we are. We took a little hiatus for a month. We had to uh, remaster some episodes, redo some stuff, but hey, that's part of the plan. It's okay. We have some really cool guests coming up from number 10 all the way to 15, and we have a surprise for the end of the year for uh, number 20. These episodes have been so cool. We've, we've had such great feedback on all of our guests, and this one is going to be a very special one. Tim Thackeray is a martial artist who started martial arts at a very young age, became a developmental athlete, and then on to his Olympic dreams. He was an international champion, Team USA member, and then he went into coaching strength and conditioning and had a CrossFit gym. He's done it all. He not only programs now for gyms and athletes all over the world, but he's also taking uh, athletes to their level of expertise and what they can do and really pushing through with the best programming that I think I'm a little bit biased in the world. He does an amazing job at coaching Olympic bound athletes, Olympians, and the eager developmental athlete that's trying to make it to their next goals. He has an amazing story. And there are a lot of gold nuggets in this episode, not only for coaches, but for entrepreneurs and athletes. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure you go over, give us five stars, give us a little review. Also, everyone listening on Spotify, hey, we really love that you got, we're getting all the streams. It's so awesome. We're now, I believe, in like nine different countries, which is so cool. We love our listeners from all over the world. We hope you enjoy this episode with Tim Thackeray. Hey everyone and welcome back to the podcast. This is Adrenaline Plus and today we have an awesome guest. His name is Tim Thackeray and I have to tell you he is a wide spectrum SME. He is not just a black belt. He is not just a strength and conditioning coach. Um, he, he's kind of done everything in between and he was a, an amazing athlete himself in, in the world of Taekwondo and I cannot wait to hear his story because it is mixed between coaching, entrepreneurship, being an athlete and everything in between. Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Uh, this is really cool what you're doing, and I'm excited to dive in. Yeah, for sure. So you're in, out in California right now, is that correct? Yes. Awesome. Yeah, and and uh, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say in, in, in Central California. Yeah. All right. So is everything okay there? I know that we see on the news stuff what's going on with fires and everything else. Are you guys yeah. okay in your family? I mean, safe. Yes, the fires are probably closest, maybe 20, 30 miles from where we're at. So. Uh, it's been really tough because we've been closed down uh, at the family martial arts. We've been closed down since March. Obviously, we've been open for about two weeks and mm -hmm. I shut down again in July. And we're going telling everyone, hey, just wait till September because Fresno is unique that in August is our hottest and at 5 p.m. is the hottest time of the day. So wow. doing classes, there's a great park across the street, but we can't do classes like can't be like, Billy, how bad do you want to be a green belt? We got to train <laughs> like you know, it's not really it's, it's frowned upon nowadays, I guess. So. We were waiting until this happened and the fires happened. And now that the weather's fine because the cloud cover, the smoke is covering mm -hmm. us. But now you can't go outside. And I actually went for a run this morning. And it was the first time I had to wear a mask, not for COVID, but for my run to, do, oh, to my keep the, the smoke out of my face. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, I had some friends lose cabins, which is really sad. But everyone's alive. So that's the most important part. Well, before we start, we just wish you well. You know, we know that we see it on the news, but you're living through it. So uh, we wish Thanks, everyone man. well there in that area. 
So you have an amazing story. You grew up through martial arts, um, Mm -hmm. particularly Taekwondo and just start like where, where did it start for you? Like what age? And we'll just carry the story out because you have a lot of chapters and a lot of unique chapters almost up until like these listeners don't know, but you trained Olympians for the Olympics as well. And yeah, so, yeah we'll, we'll do, we'll dive all into that, but where did it start for Tim? It's, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny. Cause it's been this thing that I guess has just been such a big part of me that it doesn't feel like it's something different. So I kind of just keep chasing it wherever it leads me. And I'd realized at times I thought that was all separate stuff. And I'd really come to realize it's all coming from that same source. And it started, I was born in Nashville, Tennessee, and okay. my dad was going to get his uh, PhD at Vanderbilt. So we were in Nashville out there. And uh, I literally, I mean, I grew up in the martial arts school where like my mom was doing Pumse in the delivery room to kind of calm herself down before I was born. Right. <laughs> wow. my, 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 my first word was kick. Every photo, I, I have three younger sisters. Every photo of them is like in a ballerina outfit or like a dress. And every photo of me is in a, a dobak. Every single one is me in the school kicking something, doing that. So I grew up uh, doing that. When people say they grew up in the school, like that was really it, uh, you know, till we moved to California, started doing more formal training there. Mm-hmm. I called around seven and did that and into a school. And that was really the only like kind of regular taekwondo school experience i had was only for a few years just because mm-hmm. we kicked we kicked in our living room that was what like i trained for the junior nationals my mom would put on a hogu when i when i was like 10 and i'd kick her in the living room i didn't have anyone my size to to fight but that just seemed normal for us to mm-hmm. sit around and talk about it and you know it's like so many people what are your family vacations mm-hmm. oh we went to la oh did you go to disneyland <laughs> you're like disneyland i fought at disneyland but i didn't go to disneyland <laughs> right you go to no, disneyland yeah, you load up the car and you go. So that was a, a lot of, you know, my younger years, but it wasn't super structured. I guess I was really into a lot of other sports. Like I was mm-hmm. really into soccer, really into wrestling growing up uh, and some stuff like that. But Taekwondo was always just kind of there because it was like the backbone of mm-hmm. what we all did and how we communicated. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that's that, amazing. That's, I. I, I, I kind of share that with you um, the same way. So I grew up in Taekwondo. I started when I was four. Wow. And, um, and so I grew up in Waco, Texas, and then eventually moved to Fort Worth. And my mom met my stepdad. He was the, yeah. the main instructor there. So that's yes. actually how they got together. But um, yeah, our world was just encompassed with Taekwondo. And like you said, family vacations. I, I don't know. Uh, the listeners probably don't know this. Some of them don't. But in the 90s and into the 2000s, the Junior Olympics or the National Championships were in Orlando. It seemed like almost every other year or every yes. year, right? Remember that? Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so, you know, it would be like, oh, you're going to Florida, like you said. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going for a tournament. <laughs> like yeah. We're just, yep. that's what everything was going towards. You know? That was everything. So, that was all the, all the money to that. Yeah, we had yeah. Uh, my first Junior Nationals were when I was 10. And I was never, like, I like to compete, but I wasn't very good at fighting. Like, uh, we mm-hmm. came from uh, really like an ITF type school in Nashville. And uh, so I came out and we started doing like more Olympic style fighting mm-hmm. then. I didn't know how to do it at all. So I never won fighting at all. And then I went to the junior nationals in Fort Worth in 1990. Mm-hmm. And I won like, you know, and fighting that year. I thought like, this is the most amazing thing in the world. Wow. Like you can, th- this is real, you know, yeah. of, for, but that was 4th of July. Like what do you do 4th of July? Yeah. You, yeah. You, you go fight tournaments. That's what you do on 4th of July. <laughs> so, so for the listeners, uh, we're, 
you know, Tim and I are colleagues, we've known each other for a long time, but we really have never dived into some deep conversations. So it's funny that you mentioned Fort Worth, Texas, because I'm in Fort Worth and my grandmaster was the person that helped put on the Junior Olympics there in 1990. Yeah, I must say he put on an amazing tournament, obviously, since I won. <laughs> and just like every bad tournament is the one I lost. I'm hunting down. I, I, so I, I got all cocky, like any 10 year old, I got all cocky, like, I'm a green mm -hmm. belt, like, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I had gone, I had started, and then, you know, I kind of got cocky a little bit as a little kid, and I had to start mm -hmm. over as a white belt. My parents were like, no, you're starting over. Wow. Do it right. Yeah, and so then next year in Cincinnati, I think I lost, you know, first fight, and was completely devastated. Oh, my God, <laughs> how will I ever rebound from this? But look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so you're, so you're competing, you're doing this stuff as a kid, and take us to where it kind of turned uh what we would say serious or more more hyper focus yeah. uh because because there's a, a point where your career really turns up and and yeah. kind of break down for the audience where that started and how that happened for you because you are very decorated as a as a taekwondo athlete and um and not just nationally but internationally as well so so where was that along the line where you, where it kind of turned yeah, it was really two big parts, and they both had to do with a lot of losing, uh, mm -hmm. which is it. So, you know, like a lot of kids, especially if you have, like, I was a pretty good athlete. I played a lot of their sports, and so I could kind of get by in Taekwondo when I was younger just because, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get that age where that's not good enough, and strategy matters, and we didn't know anything. So I had gone this period from 15 to 17 years old where I had lost the first match of every single tournament I fought for over two years state championships, local, like name the most local tournament. I lost the first fight, name US Open. I lost my first fight. I fought, started fighting, like I'll, maybe I'll fight seniors instead. And I got knocked out by Danny Kim, who's a national team <laughs> member. My, my, my first fight as a senior. Again, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna fight seniors. And somehow it was at uh, Master Jay Warwick's tournament in Sacramento and got knocked out my first fight as a senior. And I, so I went through this period where I had to really wonder like, is this what you wanna do? And mm -hmm. it turned out, I, I thought I did, because I always thought I could be good at it, but I didn't have the skills. And to give you an example where I was coming from, I fought my first senior nationals in 1997, because I got third at the state championships, because there was four people in the division. So when I lost mm -hmm. my first fight, I, I still qualified, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is great. So <laughs> then I went, lost my first fight at nationals, and we went back and everyone was doing footwork. And we literally, my dad bought a book out of like Turtle Press or something, the OG stuff on footwork. And we were mapping out on uh, three by five index cards in our living room, how to do footwork. Like this is 97 <laughs> where we were at. So we were, you know, hungry again. I always thought mm -hmm. I was capable, but didn't know what to do. So mm -hmm. from there, uh, you know, it was uh, Thanksgiving Eve and, or two days before Thanksgiving. And mm -hmm. we're talking about, should, do I do foreign exchange? What do I do to get better? Where do I go? Mm -hmm to find this stuff because we're in four hours from Los Angeles, three hours mm -hmm. from San Francisco. There's nothing near us and mm -hmm. foreign exchange wouldn't work. So uh, we decided, I decided, hey, I'm going to quit high school and move away from home to find a team and just train full time. Unbelievable. So yeah. right then as a teenager, you kind of just made that decision to go. Yep, we did it. And I said, like, we're going to go all in. That was really the origins. If you've seen stuff, we always try and urge people to bet on yourself. Mm -hmm. And at mm -hmm. the time, it didn't seem like I was doing that. It seemed so logical, mm -hmm. right? The logic now, I look back, seems insane. But a kid who doesn't have any 
real pedigree in this, doesn't have anyone around them, hasn't won a match in two years. Like imagine if you have this student that comes up to you and they say, hey, Master A, you know, <laughs> I know I, I, I'm going to quit school. I'm going to go full time for the Olympics. You'd be like, and I wasn't <laughs> like, hey, I want to get better. I would say, I want, this is what I want to do. I want to be the best in the mm -hmm. world. At that mm -hmm. age, I'd tell everyone I could. This mm -hmm. is it. Kind of burn the bridges behind you. So if you stop, you're going to be pretty embarrassed. Uh -huh. And that helped. And, and then I moved away. And that was where it started to kind of slowly uptick over a couple of years. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I hear most, and I've, I've heard your story before, and I think it's so valuable, is that you had grit at a very young age. You know, and as I'm listening to this story from, uh, you know, you being in your living room and getting ready for yeah. Junior Olympics and, and, and taking on and betting on yourself, it's that internal grit that I think some, yeah. some people, it's a little bit harder for them to, yeah. to realize that it's within them, right? Like, it's like, yes. do you really want this or not, you know? And for mm -hmm. someone like you or me, you know, entrepreneurs and coaches that are, are a little bit more high performing, it's a little bit easier to say like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do it. No worries. You know, yeah. like I can bet against yes. myself. I'll do it all day. You know, yeah. so I, I really, uh, I really like that you explained that because in high school, it's almost like you knew inside, you know, like I, I got this, I can do it, you know? Yeah. And it's funny. I like, there was that side that knew, but I hadn't trained that muscle yet. So it was like mm -hmm. a, a feeling, but my plan was I thought I'd be, I'd finished fighting when, however, I'd you know, won the Olympics or something and I was going to be $50,000 in debt, but I, I knew no one made money fighting. So I thought that mm -hmm. was, and I was just like, yeah, okay, that's fine. I'll figure out school when I figure I wasn't like a bad student at, at any mm -hmm. means, but, uh, but that part, and it was only after iterations of kind of doing that again, right? I moved up to the Bay Area first and trained with Tim Gormley, who now runs the Stanford program. And then Mm -hmm. I met Mike, my, my, who's my, my main coach is Scott Fuji, right? That was mm -hmm. the one where it really started to, this is the turn where I started to, okay. Mm -hmm. And I started training there in 98. This is 97. We're learning footwork out of a book, right? May of 97 after the Oakland nationals. And it's summer of 2000. Uh, I lost my first fight at the Olympic qualifier, the January Olympic qualifier, lost my mm -hmm. first fight at the, the March Olympic qualifier, lost my first fight at States in 2000. And then I win nationals and make the national team that summer unbelievable so it's it's, you, it's just a it's just a push of everything together there was just so yeah, much going on yeah you, you 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 so you never know when it's your time you never know when that is and two months before a month before nationals it was april you see i'm really good with dates and i have this like rain man date thing so if you hear me say like it was april 8th was the uc berkeley tournament in 2000 i uh -huh. just kind of am good with dates like that uh, mm -hmm. i almost didn't almost didn't go and i almost quit I thought, what am I doing? All my friends are having fun in college. All my friends are, you know, uh, I was home on spring break and I have to see everyone. And I'm like, this is the life, man. They're get mm -hmm. to be up till 4 a.m. and party. That's what you should be wanting in life, right? Like I'm 20, <laughs> I'm an idiot, you know? So, and I've been deprived of these things for years that I see everyone else has. And mm -hmm. I don't realize what I'm gaining, like the real thing that I've gained, this real like muscle that I'm developing and self-belief. Mm -hmm. And so I was about to go on a run and I had to cut like a pound or two. I remember I had my shoes and I put them on and I was at the screen door at my parents' house and I couldn't open the door to go run. Like I wouldn't, I was just like, uh, in my head, I go, well, I guess that means you're done. If you're not going to do, you can't fight. If you can't fight, you, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. We should quit. So I went up there. I still fought and it ended up pretty good. But then that next month, like it was May, I won nationals in June. I made the national team and then I never lost nationals or the national team trials until I stopped. Unbelievable. So like, it, it was like that close to being, you don't know, 
Like, and I would have been just like, oh, remember that kid that kind of got his butt kicked at tournaments, right? Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. I'm still that kid probably to a lot of people, right? <laughs> no uh, there's way, still no people, way. There's still plenty of people that beat me up, you know, <laughs> so it's all good. But if I wouldn't have taken those next steps and seen it out just a little more, then mm -hmm. this conversation is totally different. You know, yeah, uh, and, and there, I, right? I love that that portion of exercising that muscle. It's like, yeah. you know, I feel like a lot of times, even for me, you know, it was just that quit mentality. I I have this thing where I talk to my students or anyone that I'm teaching or, or mentoring about looking yourself in the mirror. Like, go go in the bathroom and look at yourself, yes. and like, you, you got to almost have that talk about like, all right, are we gonna do this or not? When I walk out of yeah. this bathroom, what is the decision that I'm gonna make? You know? And yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's the truest thing. You got that. What are you gonna do? Who are you right now? Mm -hmm. uh, so skip forward a little bit. Now I had, you know, made team. And I, I had that moment. I made national team. Moved to the Olympic Training Center. And I was doing okay, but I was losing internationally. Now right? it took me mm -hmm. three years of really full time fighting nationally, and I got it. I have someone that has to figure out the pieces. That's kind of why I think my business now is good because I have to figure out these parts for other athletes. So I have three right. years there on team, but I was kind of known as someone who didn't perform internationally. I hadn't really meddled. And so I left OTC to go back and train with my coach, Scott. Like I had a great mm -hmm. experience with OTC, but he's like, was always the other side of my brain as an athlete. Right? We mm -hmm. kind of really fit in well that way uh, when it was on. And so it's Pan Am game trials in June of 03. And same thing, this is now for the Olympic qualification process. Mm -hmm. I have to fight Peter Lopez, my first fight. And he is the time, silver medals for world championships, world, like he's winning everything. And I had this moment, we're first fight in the ballroom where it's like, it looks like COVID nowadays because there's no one there. It's 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. the Sheraton ballroom. <laughs> and you just look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, okay, <laughs> are, you, are you ready to do this? Like, mm -hmm. you, you, can't, you can back out, you can go whatever, but you have to have those moments with yourself where you're totally brutally honest and not, mm -hmm. I think as a fighter, as an entrepreneur, you have to look at the data, you have to look at the stuff, what's in front of you and not, yeah, our product's great. You've got to really know if your product is good and as a fighter, mm -hmm. you're the product. Like, right. Can you stand up there in front of the objectively one of the best fighters in the world, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the guy was incredible and not cower down, not like let them know mm -hmm. that you're freaking out a little bit, you know, and, yeah. and do it. So, so th those moments are important. Man, that's such money right there. Like, I love that. I love that, that moment, you know, that where, yeah. where you, you decide or not. And so for, uh, for the listeners that year, you won uh, bronze at the world championships. Is that correct? In mm -hmm. 2003? Or yes. is that the same? Yep. How did that work out? What, so yeah, so, and then yeah, there, there was multiple. So we had multiple selections. They kept having us fight mm -hmm. all year, which was really a, a really mucky selection procedure. But the uh -huh. uh, it went that June was Pan Am game trials. So I did that and I mm -hmm. now won the consolidated division. And, mm -hmm. and I, everyone's like, okay, well, Tim's going to choke internationally. He won nationally, sure. But we should have sent someone else because of that. And then I made the national team again for Worlds. The next uh -huh. month I made, that was 4th of July in Orlando, of course, uh -huh. right? Yeah, as, as, <laughs> yeah. As, as tradition predicates. Then I, next month I win the Pan American Games in August. Mm -hmm. And the next month I get a bronze medal at World Championships. So that same thing where life just kind of, you, you go like, holy, like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what? Yeah. This is weird. Like, I thought I was uh, the choker. I thought I was this. But you, know, you get it and you just keep training this muscle to, mm -hmm. at the very minimum, like, yeah, I was nervous to be out there in front of, some world-class fighter, like, you know, I mean, someone who was like a hero of mine, like Oscar Salazar, mm -hmm. world fan, Olympic silver medalist, 
abs objectively one of the best flyweights of all time right uh-huh have to go out there and just stand up and i'm like still a few years ago i was doing footwork in a book to stand up in front of someone and just go like okay it's on let's let's mm-hmm. do this has been like just that for me has become like the skill uh to harness when it's good uh yeah you know, so skip skip forward real quick when i first mm-hmm. opened my gym my buddy and my former roommate from the training center tony graff I was on the fence and he had a CrossFit gym and he goes, mm-hmm. Tim, you're a winner. If you if you have to stand out on the street corner and teach people how to squat, you're going to do it. I like right? it. And what do we do? Mm-hmm. Like same, so that, that is for me, that's the core thing. You get that down. The rest is semantics and techniques and we can mm-hmm. get through that. But the times I didn't have that, it didn't work. And it showed mm-hmm. like I couldn't have physically changed that much in such a short time. Right, right. No, and, right. and it comes into those things that uh, a lot of us, I feel like we, it's a big topic right now is like mindset, you know, and it, yeah. I feel like it's been a big topic for, for me for many, many years, but I feel like it's more mainstream now that, yes. you know, people are talking mindset more than ever. And, um, and mindset really wins, you know, like we, we see some of the highest caliber people in the world and, and that's what they're training. You know, a lot of people can be athletic, right? Or unathletic yeah. or weird or awkward, sure. you know, it just depends, but it's uh it's that mindset that really changes who you really are you know that uh, internal character mm-hmm. you know a hundred percent and it's it's kind of like uh hearing mindset so much and my, my dad's a clinical psychologist and a professor of psychology this is something that we worked a lot on young mm-hmm. just in conversations and experiences of mm-hmm. that being you know like kind of slowly developed at times i didn't know of that but it's kind of like now that people say nutrition no oh, nutrition like what does that mean like that just eating food for you is that specific like time like what does that all mean so they say mindset and what they mean is like almost like there's something deeper to this that they know is there but really developing it is a different tool in my opinion because we need mm-hmm. two big sides to develop this and from mm-hmm. my experience and then working with a lot of athletes working with entrepreneurs this part is you can believe in yourself all you want but mm-hmm. if there is no actual, uh, like, uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? Substance behind it, then uh-huh. it's fraud. Then it's fraud, right? Right. And you're right. exposed. When now the product launches, I have to step out in front of someone. I can say I'm the baddest dude in the world, and I'm like in my fighting stance with my karate kid <laughs> hands up, you know? And uh-huh. it's nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. Or that, or the people you just gotta believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like you, you, right, do, you have yeah. to be realistic of where you're at. You've also got to put in an enormous amount of work mm-hmm. to do it and have gone through the right experiences that mm-hmm. should be hopefully incremental in mm-hmm. your game. Like if I would have gone from, you know, uh, not learning footwork out of a book to team trials, I would have been knocked out and rightfully so, mm-hmm. right? No matter mm-hmm. how much I think like, oh, I, I got this and I'm, I got this book and it's magic. And I'm going to, right. So we need those really, I call them earned experiences. And mm. as a coach, it is our job to find like, what is the logical next step for this person? And in a martial arts school, it might be that it's promotion testing to a, a scrimmage or a rumble, which, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm very proud of the rumble still going on. We'll get into that uh-huh. later, but I, you know, I, I invented the rumble, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, always I, like the, I, I always like I'm the guy that says I invented the piano key necktie in uh, <laughs> Zoolander. Right when I say no, that. but but I remember like for me, I but remember yeah. that. So that that was so totally uh, side note. No, yeah. it's not yeah. even it. It's uh, but we need to go to Rumble, then to a competition, states. If you're thrown right to the finals and nationals, now it's too much stress, and mm-hmm. we're gonna ruin their confidence. It's not gonna take years to get it back. 
to re-engineer mm -hmm. that. So we have to figure out how do we get that and have them put in a massive amount of work and have them like have the right belief and support systems around them. So mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's a lot to do. It is mindset, but mindset is the culmination of when mm -hmm. we do all the parts, right? And that includes getting your butt kicked. That includes, yeah. right? You've got to get work sometimes and do that and have your kid. It's okay when they come off and, you know, mm -hmm. hang their head. Cause there was times I hung mm -hmm. my head and mm -hmm. I took away that I don't ever want to do that again. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You know? Right. No, like, I, oh, that was... I love that breakdown. The breakdown is, is so good. Like I like the way that you, it, it's, <laughs> you, you specify everything, not so much in just one thing. There's just so many steps to it. And I love that you didn't umbrella it because a lot of people, they'll just say it, you know, oh, it's just yeah, umbrella. It's, so, yeah. Nutrition. You, know? you, you gotta <laughs> train hard. Yeah. Train hard. Right. Well, yeah. Right? Like, like that thing. Well, guess what? If when you're training hard, sitting down and resting is training hard. That is part mm -hmm. of your quote unquote hard training regimen is being able to recover as hard as you can so you can train hard again so your body can adapt. So people think, right. no, that's it's hard training. It's hard. People don't understand again when mm -hmm. they are on the outside and they say that, like, try hard, do your best. Of course, mm -hmm. well, what, is this, what does this really mean? Let's break right. it down and get clear. And now we have a process that we can duplicate or in my case, individualize to people. Mm -hmm. And I can say, well, this mm -hmm. is what hard for you is. Uh, if I have someone, I have a client right now, uh, just in my coaching business that is over a hundred pounds overweight, mm -hmm. right? For, former athlete. Mm -hmm. So he wants to train hard, right? For me, his hard training is going for a walk and chewing his food. That's hard. He has to do it exactly right. I need him to do it. And he wants uh -huh. to go, I need to do my intervals and this. And like, we'll get there. Mm -hmm. but it's, mm -hmm. So it's all hard. It's all, it's all mindset. But mm -hmm. what does that really mean? And people use it as mm -hmm. these, like you said, umbrella terms. And I, don't, I think it does mm -hmm. a disservice to the people that are trying to help. Right. No, I, I, I like that a lot. And I love the explanation. It's so good. So we're in the yeah. mix of, uh, yeah. of right now you're coming out. You're, you got the world championship medal. You've won yeah. Pan Ams. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then I want to kind of just fast forward, you know, you, yeah. you start to move out of being an athlete, you, yes. you get into, um, to CrossFit. So yeah. I watched you a ton at this time because I actually had my Taekwondo program inside yeah. of the CrossFit gym in Fort Worth, Texas, who ended up being the SME for gymnastics, which is Jeff yes. Tucker. And so, yep. um, so I watched legend, you, yeah. yeah, I watched you, uh, from afar and open your gym. And I was just, I was just always in awe because you took the professionalism that you had as being an athlete and, and the, those tactics and you moved them towards opening that gym and, and training. Now what would be foreign to Taekwondo, Taekwondo people back then, you, you went into CrossFit and CrossFit yeah. was way, I feel like it's kind of a different, but the same. And then you, you had phenomenal success with that gym. I mean, it, it was so good. You trained some of the best athletes in that era. Um, so take yeah. us through that as you, as you, left Taekwondo and kind of yeah. went into the strength conditioning world. Yeah, it's a, a different story, but you'll see so many, I, I see so many similarities when I look back on it. So I was mm -hmm. going to school at UCLA and I got into graduate school for political mm -hmm. science. I thought I was done with sports. I've had it. I didn't make the Olympic team. So no more sports for Tim. What's the opposite mm -hmm. of, of sports is political science. Like the least athletic thing I think in the world, <laughs> I'm going to be a professor, right? That was it. And in graduate school, usually you have to have some sort of stipend there. They, and you have to do some work for professors. And I thought, well, I know how to make my own money. I've been making my own money doing seminars and uh, privates and stuff. The whole time I thought, mm -hmm. like, I, I, can, I can keep getting by. So I started training a couple of kids on my driveway. 
mm-hmm. right, in Taekwondo. A couple more kids came, a couple more kids came. All of a sudden we had like 12 to 15 kids coming from San Diego, from Bakersfield around like four or five times a week mm-hmm. to train on my driveway with no mats. And same thing, we just did it. And this was, mm-hmm. it was it, you just trained. This is how we're gonna train. Mm-hmm. It became the winter and it was getting too cold. And these are, you know, a lot of girls, they're like mostly girls, probably like nine to 13 years old, 14 years old at the time. Getting mm-hmm. to be cold and dark too early. So I thought if I don't get a small facility, I'm gonna lose this money, I'm gonna have to get a regular job. Mm-hmm. It was like, that, that, this was my grand plan, was if <laughs> I could do that and I, if I could, now I was training CrossFit, uh, 24 hour fitness with a woman named Kristen Clever and she was, ended up being the 2010 CrossFit Games champion. Yes, remember, unbelievable. Yes, right, <laughs> a, a, a legend, just like somehow just got lucky, happened to mm-hmm. gravitate towards someone really amazing and some other amazing people in that area. And got this little gym and I thought, well, if I do one CrossFit class a night, I have the space and I do this. Mm-hmm. If I have, you know, 20, 30 extra members here and I grow this, that'll get me through graduate school. Mm-hmm. And that was, that, that was the whole plan. That, that was my business plan, right? I need to make, <laughs> open, open a business to make $2,000, $3,000 a month was my huge hope. I thought I'd be enormously uh-huh. successful. My wife one night goes, well, what if we get to 60 members in CrossFit? And like, I'm all cocky. I go, if we get to 60 members, you can quit your job. Like six, like, right? Like now we know the numbers in business, like you're way <laughs> under, you're, you're under big time if you have 60 people in your gym, right? Unless you're like a YMCA. So yeah. uh, we do that first year. Uh, we only had, maybe, we had to maybe like 70 or 80 members there. Mm-hmm. No one had quit their job. Of course, we had the, mm-hmm. the martial art, pro, the Taekwondo program. And on the eve, on actually the day of our holiday party, we were getting kicked out of our, facility because we were too noisy because it was a CrossFit gym and a strip mall. Oh right? no. Yeah. You, you know how it is, right? So we have mm-hmm. that and we're trying to figure out where we go. It's December. We have no money. Like uh, everything's gone pretty much. And the owner of the property put the fur lease sign over our sign on the day of our holiday party. So we were trying to keep it hush hush and figure it out. And everyone goes, you know, what are we doing? And, and I go mm-hmm. like, we're getting a bigger gym where and I'm like I can't tell you yet it's a secret <laughs> yeah great right oh, and I'm like we don't yeah. have like I have a little bit of uh, savings left from when I fought mm-hmm. and, you know I was lucky to have some sponsors and so that was how we opened the gym was from that and we moved got got lucky and found this uh, bigger facility in Burbank and within about mm-hmm. same thing about a year and a half we had about 330 members that's amazing and that was with and- Taekwondo and CrossFit uh, that was just CrossFit. No, the Taekwondo just program, I, I, had, I had moved out. I, uh-huh. I was coaching at UCLA and coaching them. By that time, I decided mm-hmm. I was going to go all in on uh-huh. running, the, running the CrossFit gym. And mm-hmm. that was going to be it. So it was like, same thing. It's this kind of same source, took mm-hmm. a different way. And uh, mm-hmm. I was working with Joseph Salim, who started mm-hmm. coaching the kids full time. And we were working on them together for about a year. And he mm-hmm. did that. And I was just full time on the gym there awesome. uh probably starting about 2011 stopped coaching at ucla i think richard lee started coaching at ucla he was one of my former teammates mm-hmm. and yeah we just ran it i thought i'm just gonna run the that's what i'll do i'll run the gym forever uh-huh I'll, and I'll so when you when you started the crossfit gym yeah. uh for those listeners i know we have a lot of strength conditioning crossfit yeah. people that listen yes. uh you like you said you were working out with Kristen clever you mm-hmm. also had your hand in training a lot of CrossFit Games athletes back then. Is that, you know, I, yeah, I can't even name all of them because I feel like you were there taking them to that level. A, that a, lot, a lot were around. I got, I mean, just, there were so many good people. And it was like when it was kind of coming up. I mean, mm-hmm. the only thing I could explain it would be like similar to like the small crew that maybe 
the people all from the 88 Olympics all kind of know each other, right? Because it was, mm -hmm. they were all so good, but it was a little more like you have to know who to talk to mm -hmm. then. Uh, so I want to get better, say, at weightlifting. And mm -hmm. I was like, I need to find a weightlifting coach. And down the street, I just happened to find a guy named Bob Ticano, which is a five-time world championship head coach of the U.S., USA Weightlifting Hall of Fame wow. uh, coach. And so that's where I really started to get in to the program design side mm -hmm. of this. I always gravitated mm -hmm. to that. But my coach, Scott Fuji, is a genius there. And that was a big thing that we focused on mm -hmm. early in a way that people, it, it would still be ahead of the game now for mm -hmm. what we were doing back in 04, 05, 06. So we did that. I started learning from Bob how mm -hmm. to do that. And that's when I got into more individual design training. And that's where mm -hmm. the roots of the juice started was we we're doing the gym and it was great. I loved that it. it was big, but there was a part of it for me that didn't quite speak to me specifically. It was a lot mm -hmm. of people with general fitness. It was good. High five, have a beer after class. And like, it was mm -hmm. all good. And it seemed like mm -hmm. this was great. And the same thing, that kind of special muscle that we developed over the years mm -hmm. felt like it was starting to drift a little bit. I wasn't coaching the mm -hmm. kids anymore. And I wasn't at UCLA and at first it was fine. And then, you know, you get a little like, okay, that's a little weird. I have this mm -hmm. new idea I want to do. And Stephen Landon reached out to me. He had had his mm -hmm. second Achilles injury and he's telling me what he's doing. Yeah. Right. Well, he popped it. He's got the stitches and then he tripped on the doorway in his home. And then he's heavy enough that when he landed on his leg, he popped his stitches again. Oh, wow. Right. This is like 2012, I think maybe right mm -hmm. around there and mm -hmm. 2013. And he reaches out and he, well, what are you doing? He'd finished rehab mm -hmm. and he was out at OTC, like getting, working on some mm -hmm. stuff, I guess, with their sports mm -hmm. med team. And he showed me what they were doing for his training. Mm -hmm. And I look at it and I go, okay, this is like pretty generic, but mm -hmm. all right, like whatever. I'm not trying to just be a hater for no reason. And mm -hmm. I go, well, what do they tell you to do to peak and taper for a competition? They said, well, they just told me to rest. And I go, well, that's, that's one way to reduce volume is to do nothing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But maybe we're not mm -hmm. as sharp as we want. Maybe our eyes aren't as focused as we need. Maybe our reactions aren't as on as we mm -hmm. want that. And so I start talking to him and he goes, well, what do you suggest? And I kind of really neatly, quickly rather wrote out a few ideas. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, do you want to do this for me? And I go, yeah. And it was literally this over Facebook Messenger. We started uh, mm -hmm. figuring this out to there and now and it started to work, right? It started to go, mm -hmm. okay, now he's, you know, because the competition schedule is so crazy and mm -hmm. navigate through mm -hmm. that. And then he gets good. Another person goes, hey, can you help me? Hey, mm -hmm. can you help me? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Mm -hmm. And this kind of fire started to come back in that it was all the parts of Taekwondo that I knew and mm -hmm. going through the struggles that these athletes are going through, the sport specific part of the training, the science of it that I had kind of finally learned these people, mm -hmm. putting it all together there and it was like so obvious. I was like, this, I can help people with this better than anyone in the world now. Yeah. I can really do that. So what year was that 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 happened? Um, I guess the, it, would, it was the blossoming of the juice compound, right? And then and that's, uh -huh. yep. so what, around, you said 2012, Tw is that kind of when it started? Or tw 2012, 2013. Yeah, 2012 okay. was when, uh, I think I started working with Bob Ticano as a weightlifting coach in 2010. And that was where the mm -hmm. kind of the seeds started going and learning this stuff and I just learning it just to have our gym be a better gym, have our clients mm -hmm. get better results. And that all mm -hmm. happened. But uh, one thing I kind of realized along the way for some people, if someone wants to say lose just a hundred pounds in general, there's a mm -hmm. lot of people that are good at that, maybe better than me at it. But if mm -hmm. someone wants to lose a hundred pounds and they're a former athlete, mm -hmm. 
now I'm like, I, I got you in my sights. Like I, I know what your yeah. struggle is. I know what this hurdle is specifically, right? right. Same thing. Right. If someone has a business, if they're like, yeah, business, I don't know. But if they're entrepreneur and they used to play sports, I could, just mm -hmm. something about it, that part for me, uh, I just connect a lot better with, mm -hmm. with them, right? No, it doesn't mean they had to be amazing. national team, but right? Like it doesn't mm -hmm. mean they were this. I just mean athlete is someone who is serious about that endeavor at some point in their life, that it meant mm -hmm. a lot to them. They, they mm -hmm. put that first, mm -hmm. right? That, that their lifestyle supported their training, not mm -hmm. their right now as an adult, my training supports my lifestyle, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? But that yeah. at some point in your life, you did that. If that's it, I can connect with you. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. So yeah, this no, was we, 2012, we, 2013. Go ahead. No, I, I say that we've seen it. You know, if you if yeah. you look up anything to do with you, you have the most amazing results with this yeah. with this portion of what you've done in this part of the journey. And and I want to continue to talk about that because there's so yeah. many gold nuggets uh, after that point. So for yeah. I think we've mentioned Stephen's name, but Stephen is sure. the Olympian for 2000. Yeah. I'm sorry for 2016. Um, yeah. and he has had a phenomenal international journey, and you've yeah. been a part of that for many many years. And along with that, you've helped many international uh, people in mm -hmm. strength conditioning, Taekwondo, um, and, and program design, like you said. Yeah. And so take us to where the Juice Compound has been over the last, um, I guess it would be eight years almost. Oh my gosh, like thinking back yeah. about that. Um, and I want to I wanna step in and say, in 2015, we crossed paths. And I don't know if you remember this exactly, but in August of 2015, right. We at, crossed OTC. The, at OTC. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and for me, that was the beginning of my, uh, I guess, I don't want to say it wasn't the, my beginning of coaching HP. It was, that was when I kind of got like the title, I guess you could say, you know, like cool. I had working yeah. towards that, you know, but yep. you, that was the second appearance um, that I had been at at a camp and you guys came in and you did uh, a little bit of a lecture and you were helping our program. It was a Future Stars camp. So all those mm -hmm. kids were very high in, in their divisions and stuff. And I remember listening to you talk in that time. And this is probably 15, three years after you started. And I felt like the passion that radiated through what you were telling them, but how you broke it down was phenomenal. And I really have admired that through the years and watching you. It wasn't about like, yeah, you can do it. It's about, let me show you X, Y, and Z so you can do A, B, and C. And I feel like those athletes really grasp that. And I grasp that as a coach. So I want you to know that I never told you that. And I want you Thank to know you. from 15, I have, yeah. I've always watched your stuff, but I always carried that with me because I felt, um, I felt like I had accomplished something, but I also yeah. felt like I was learning so much from you that day. So I appreciate that's that. Awesome. And in 2015. But, 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 but that's a great place to be. That's that, back to that mindset. We call it optimal mm -hmm. performance state, right? Where you've mm -hmm. done all the work that you're ready to take advantage but you're still nervous enough that it goes off, right? You're too, mm -hmm. you haven't done the work, you're cocky and you're slow and you get hit. You're mm -hmm. too inhibited and then mm -hmm. you can't react until you pop too early and you're like, ah, so we mm -hmm. need that. But we need that as far as mentality in life that we're doing the work, but we're mm -hmm. still open enough uh, to do that. If you know, uh, Master Paul, Grandmaster Paul Moella always says, student mm -hmm. first, teacher second. Mm -hmm. and, and that's mm -hmm. that place you're talking about because now we yeah. can have growth for years. You're still doing the work, still doing the reps. Mm -hmm. And it's like, mm -hmm. I, you know, I still make sure before this today, I still had to go do my, my run. I had to, you have to do these things. Mm -hmm. They are not just talk about it uh, mm -hmm. to do it. So, yeah. uh, but, but, but with those kids, I connect really strongly with them because mm -hmm. that was who I wanted to be. And I, I, mm -hmm. I wasn't, I, I went to back when they had the, the paid junior camps, like mm -hmm. 93, 94, 95 at mm -hmm. OTC when anyway, I went to those, right. 
And they were great. I was very inspired by mm -hmm. them. I loved being around the coaches, but as far as a specific action plan, I never had. It was it was very like you want it, the stuff. And granted, there's a hundred kids. I'm not faulting anyone. I left mm -hmm. very inspired to get mm -hmm. up and I'm gonna run like Rocky and do it. But, <laughs> right. And for some kids, they connect with those coaches. Some people love the hoorah coach. That's mm -hmm. not wrong. That's not right. That's who they are and they need that part. Mm -hmm. For me, right? You look at all these people that uh, I've gravitated towards in my learning. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are very like, hey, Tim, be aware of this part of yourself that you're not seeing, or hey, the next step is here, or let's mm -hmm. look back on what was successful. How do we mm -hmm. this or individualize it? So mm -hmm. when I talked to those kids, I remember it. It was mm -hmm. that I saw like, I wish I would have been good enough to be at like a future stars camp. And what do <laughs> they need to get over this hurdle where like mm -hmm. a big part of the juice was solving a problem of I had to quit school from at, uh, in high school. I never got to go to prom. I didn't, you know, have like mm -hmm. a real girlfriend. Like, I mean, who are you going to mm -hmm. pick up on your bicycle when you live in a dorm? <laughs> like, it's not going to happen, right? That mm -hmm. they should be able to do both if they, if they choose and still be successful, right? So without having to leave town, a lot of people I work with mm -hmm. are three, four hours, five hours away from whoever. Mm -hmm. And they can't get better. So what they do now is they go, say, on the weekends on mm -hmm. Saturday to train with someone. Mm -hmm. Now, what are they doing on Saturday? Conditioning, match fights, training, they do all this stuff in one day. Well, imagine if we could help them get better physically, the part that they don't need other teammates for. I mm -hmm. can help improve their mobility, improve all their stuff relative to their sport, their weight class, mm -hmm. and their goal. And then mm -hmm. when they go Saturday, all their coach has to do is focus on technique and strategy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? And now they can train again on Monday. They're not so overtrained. So I, like, I see that. That was the thing. If I had that, you mm -hmm. know, I wouldn't change my trajectory for anything, but I also wouldn't recommend it for most people. It's not the right path. So uh -huh. uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm not trying to tell every, everyone's uh, parents to have their kids quit high school. You, know? no. <laughs> That's, uh, you, you, don't, you don't gain a lot of friends that way, and nor should they have to, right? Mm -hmm. nor, nor should they have to, but you know, uh, I, I wasn't good enough to be a resident athlete at OTC at 16, mm -hmm. where I could go to mm -hmm. high school and you know, I had some mm -hmm. teammates like that. They were studs. Mm -hmm. But yeah. that those are very few and far between positions. So how do I help those kids? I remember them, you know, like mm -hmm. I know that time early August. I think it was August 2nd and 3rd, I, I think, yeah. of uh, 2015. Like I said, dates. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, my, 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 me and my wife's anniversary, and I, I missed the MR anniversary to go do that. So. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. She, we, 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 actually, we actually met doing Taekwondo. She was on Scott Fuji's team. I moved to LA, so so uh -huh. she gets the so she, she gets, gets the that. taekwondo lifestyle. Okay, I got you. Yeah. She gets she gets the part of the sickness that we need to like this part mm -hmm. of us that if I don't feed the beast and I don't get to go help mm -hmm. and do these things and express my passion, express the things that we've all learned, mm -hmm. right, and and do it, then just I, I'm I'm not complete. Well, as we as we talk about the juice compound and we fast yeah. forward into the last few years, tell us uh, 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 the audience about what did what you guys are doing. And, and then kind of just take us on this journey about what you guys offer, how you're changing lives and how you're changing these athletes. And then I've got some questions for you and it's just yeah. been an awesome interview altogether. But yeah, just tell yeah. us how, do, for sure. how you guys, what you guys do and how, how it's done. Yeah, there's, there's a, a lot of things. It's kind of like, the juice is kind of like Frankenstein in a sense, or I, I know Frankenstein is a doctor and the monster is anyways, right? Beside the <laughs> point, right? If I say, it's like, it's like we this beast of different things trying to put together. so. At the core of it is individualized program and coaching and nutrition design for people, mm -hmm. relative meaning it's one-on-one. -on -one, so it's one person, their specific goal, and their personal coach. And that's what 
-hmm. really the backbone is we do, I, I do programming for facilities and mm -hmm. like for CrossFit gyms. I, I do that, they're coaching development, this type of stuff. I, you know, there I do, I have a course where I train coaches in program design, mm -hmm. uh, how to do that. And then we have a kids fitness program called Youth Empowerment Systems that we call our character driven level based fitness system. And this mm -hmm. is one that, you know, like uh, a CrossFit gym would use to be like your plug and play uh, kids fitness or a martial arts school that wants a, a program that is separate from, you know, you get your kids are mm -hmm. 13, they want to do something a little different, yeah. maybe, right? They do something to augment that and it fits well in that. So we have a bunch and that's like a licensing and coaching certification program we run. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of different parts to it, but I'd say mm -hmm. the core uh, of, of what we're known for is like our one-on-one -on -one coaching program. Mm -hmm has been it. That's what you know, I do with Steven. That's what another girl from the 2016 Olympics, uh, Andrea mm -hmm. Kilday from New Zealand, mm -hmm. who I never even got to meet in person. She made the Olympics. Even when I went to Rio, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's so crazy there. I've never met her in person. So, wow. Uh, you know, yeah, she, she's awesome. She's a re really great athlete, great, great person, mm -hmm. great mom. So that's yeah, awesome. like, but that's it. It's figuring out that. And it's mm -hmm. for me, it's trying to crack that code uh, mm -hmm. to do it. So uh, a lot of it just comes back to where can I help? Where can I be of service? Mm -hmm. Where can we make an impact? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's why I, I don't coach people in Taekwondo mm -hmm. as like, I'm not gonna sit in someone's chair. I probably mm -hmm. watch more tape than just about anyone. People always tell me like, oh, Tim, the mm -hmm. game has changed. And I'm like, oh, I had, I had no idea. Tell me more about this. <laughs> like, as, as if I'm, I'm, I'm putting together training programs based on my own fights from 2003, right? <laughs> oh, look what I did here. How should I do that? Right? Oh, wow. Uh, but yeah, but I did that. so that way I can, you know, help them there. But I don't want to self compete with coaches. There's already enough coaches mm -hmm. out there. There's great coaches mm -hmm. in our country. But mm -hmm. this part, other parts I think are lacking. So I want to come here and help everyone stay in their lane and do the job. They do best. Mm -hmm. They do best mm -hmm. in the world. They're the coach, they're the mentor, they're the leader. Good. Mm -hmm. Stay doing that. I want to come in and help here for them. So then mm -hmm. people have more and not, and yeah. we're not, there's this tendency I feel like everyone kind of self-competing and fighting over the scraps instead of mm -hmm. you know, having this abundance mentality. How do we get mm -hmm. more medals, more things and mm -hmm. you know, for, for everyone, for the people, for the kids out there. Yeah. That's what we want, I think, right? I, yeah, no, I love that. It's service and impact are the two words that yeah. I feel like jumped out there. And it is about the overall good, you know, and I was, last night I was training, I have a, an HP group, a high performance group of like maybe five to seven, but five solid through COVID. So the other yeah. two yes. uh, are a little bit, you know, difficult with scheduling, but um, we're talking and we talked about like going through COVID and like every once in a while, I'm kind of having this conversation with them. And it, it is about the impact that it is in their life. And it's about, you know, them continuing on and, and, and going. So I love that you say that because they were talking about watching film and who, and other people when they're training and this, and it's like, they just love to get answers. And I'm always like, if I don't have the right answer, I'm going to get it for you. And I'm going to find the most professional person to do that. And that's always been my concept. It's not everyone's concept as a coach, especially in martial art. But I always felt like I had somebody ask me a question last night about a drill. And I came up with this drill and I thought it was really good. And he kind of questioned me on it. And the first instinct I was like, why are you questioning me? But then the second yeah. thing I was like, yeah, you know what, you're probably right. Let me let me consult with somebody else and, and see how it goes. And and he was telling me, he goes, you know, my old school, and this is like years ago, you know, he was my old school, my master would just tell me to do it. And I was like, I'm not that master, you know, like I'm not yeah. that coach, you know? So um, I love that. I love service and impact because yeah. we are here to do that. And so that's, that's super cool. 
Um, mm. So, que so questions. Yeah, because I, I, yeah. We'll okay, so out, one, yeah. one is for the um, for the upcoming athlete. Let's say uh, those guys that are scraping the surface of of high performance, or they're wanting to do something, you know, that's a little bit higher than state or nationals or something. Give us, uh, give us your kind of your keys of a one or two things that maybe they could do that would help them out of the the norm. I know we're not competing right now. I know COVID's going on, but it it will come back. And so, um, I think a lot of times they get stuck in that transition. And you are phenomenal at, at some tidbits on that. Yeah, yeah. This is I think you're gonna see an enormous shakeup in mm -hmm. who's winning once competitions start again, for mm -hmm. a couple reasons based on what you said based on COVID. A lot of people got good just because they were around other good people and you kind of like a rising tide and pull all mm -hmm. ships. And now if you're not around them as much, you lose your own internal drive because you didn't have it. It was someone else's drive pulling you along. Mm -hmm. Then it's not great. And then we see the people that, and a lot I'm lucky to work with uh, that are putting in so much reps now. And I see their data and part of how mm -hmm. I design my program is based on data and norms. I've done a lot of testing. Like we did testing at that future stars camp. Mm -hmm. right? One of them was an aerobic conditioning, aerobic power test. Well, I have mm -hmm. data on how far you need to go, what you need to score on this test to be able to fight and do well enough state, nationally, internationally, Olympic level, right? Mm -hmm. Here. So I can look at that and let's say someone who has great, great cardio, great lungs, they can just go nonstop, right? Well, mm -hmm. I know about what they score on this test. So my job is to train you in whatever method I need to, to, you know, uh, unlock that ability to score close to that on the test. So if I can give mm -hmm. you all their physical characteristics, now it's up to you and the coach to go put a game plan together, learn to kick and score, mm -hmm. right? Make, mm -hmm. make, make that data, data go pop. Yes. <laughs> right. So mm -hmm. I've got to do that. So I see their testing. I see when we started and I go, you, you have the physical, come on, you have, you're putting the mentality together, which we know that mm -hmm. is earned mentality. Like we talked mm -hmm. about that, it's gonna be different now in that time. And the ones that just were like, I was just good at Taekwondo because my teammate was actually really good. That's mm -hmm, fine, but mm -hmm. they're gonna be in, in a dipped situation there. So I think we're gonna see a big shakeup in the standings from the people that are taking advantage with the mentality of what can they do mm -hmm. during this time versus, oh man, I gotta go kick the wave master on Zoom again, or I don't have, I can't <laughs> match fight. I can't, I, I thrive on competition, that, that part. Um, I think it's going to be uh, really interesting this coming year. I'm excited to see that mm -hmm. for a lot of people. So for, for one to answer more concisely now, it is mm -hmm. the ones focusing on the areas they can improve, right? Mm -hmm. And can you get better from being in competition? Absolutely. But if mm -hmm. that's the only way we got better, we just compete every weekend and no one would train. You just compete. Right. So we right. know it's more, than, it's more than that when we break it down. So the ones that are figuring this out and setting themselves up to go, Next year, I'm gonna be better. And mm -hmm. this was something back to the original story when I was started losing those years, I got mm -hmm. really good at not giving a crap that I was losing. And not like I didn't like I didn't want to oh I loved losing. No, I just I I was finally like, I need to try this move, I need to try and implement it again. I got mm -hmm. hit, I was like, Yeah, whatever, okay, let me try it again. Mm -hmm. And then I wasn't so attached to like but this is my title is being the junior team member and I have to hold on to my mm -hmm. favorite move. Because if mm -hmm. I lose that to do something I need to win as a senior, mm -hmm. then I'm going to lose for a bit. And now my identity is broken or I don't want to compete because mm -hmm. all I want to do is the external pieces I get from winning. I like the praise I get from winning. Mm -hmm. Do you love the process of what training really means for you 
to become mm -hmm. someone who is a winner. That's what mm -hmm. we have to focus on is the inputs, not the external pieces. And mm -hmm. when there's a lot of competitions, it's easy to focus on external. Oh, they mm -hmm. won this and they won. They got 14 points at this. Like, mm -hmm. great. Are they going to win in 2024, 2028? I'm trying to set them up. Mm -hmm. Like I just started working with uh, Natalie Hirschberger, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. oh, amazing athlete. Amazing. I think she has, she can be multiple time Olympian if we set it up right. Mm -hmm. Right. So her things are, we have to get her the quality she needs for 2024 and 2028 start mm -hmm. doing those now right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. cadet world junior worlds sucks it's not happening it's a bummer for yeah. sure but but right like you know what does anyone really remember what how what jade jones did at junior world championships couldn't tell you mm -hmm. couldn't, i'm sure mm -hmm. it's fine but right because it's like that's where we want to focus on so are they mm -hmm. focusing so short term or are they mm -hmm. doing the work now to unlock their future I'd say that's mm -hmm. the biggest predictor of long-term success, especially mm -hmm. in the COVID environment. Mm -hmm. No, I like that a lot. I love that. And I love the, like you said, like the, those long, the macros, you know, the, the, the biggest and, yeah. and how are you reversing that and engineering that yes. backwards. And, and that, that is an yes. amazing point there, you know, cause I, mm -hmm. I feel like uh, I talk about that a lot and to hear someone else uh -huh. that's super professional in what you do and, and to hear that it's, it's an amazing tidbit. Oh my gosh, yeah. well, we had so many yeah. gold nuggets in this one. Thank yeah, you so much. Right? Yeah, this is awesome, right? <laughs> well, where can they find you? I want, I want people to see what you're doing and, and see your program. Um, you are, I, I can argue say, but I know, I know, because I know this world, yeah. one of the best strength and conditioning coaches and one of the best program designers, I would say, in Thank the you. world. I mean, you have done amazing stuff with a lot of athletes. So please tell people where they can find you. Yeah, I, I appreciate that very much. I'm really just, you know, it, somehow I've gotten to have really cool people around me that want to put in the work. So I'm just as grateful to get to kind of tap into this part of myself that doesn't mm -hmm. get to die. It gets to keep living because mm -hmm. athletes come out or former athletes say they're not done. They want to live their mm -hmm. best life. Like that's really cool for me. So uh, you can Absolutely. find me on uh, Instagram at Tim Thack is my personal. Uh, I mm -hmm. used to have a really awesome name, but it was like from a rap song from Tyga and it was Hunnitz from, from, from Rack City. So I had, I had to be more, eventually my wife said, you're 40, you have to drop the name. So now it's at, at Tim Thack and our, our business one is at Juice Compound on the, on the gram and then Facebook uh, at, at the Juice Compound or just me personally at Tim Thackery on Facebook, probably the two most. And his email is easy, Tim at JuiceCompound.com and website JuiceCompound.com. So those are the ones uh, we're pretty much we're trying to be everywhere. We don't have an OnlyFans, but for a Snapchat. <laughs> but, but other than that, we're, we're, we're doing pretty good. Awesome. Well, you heard where to find them. And we appreciate you coming on the show. I know that a lot of coaches and entrepreneurs and athletes will love this episode. And if you guys are tuning in, give us a little rating on Apple Podcasts. We've you know, been very lucky to have some great ratings over there. And I know a lot of people are listening on Spotify. So we appreciate that and all the listeners all over the world. So thank you, Tim, so much for your time. And uh, we should catch up soon. I mean, I don't want to do, do it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot sooner than, than later. So we'll see you soon. Uh, and uh, all the best wishes to you. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. And guys, uh, I appreciate everyone listening. We'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Later. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah.